We want you this year to uh, really pay attention to how effective you are at delivering your value. If you've done a great job, they're asking you where they sign, right? Opposed yes. to you asking them. Real estate agents, welcome back to the RMG Agent Podcast. I am your host, Reed Moore. Really excited to have you here with us again today. Um, as always, go to our website, rmgagentpodcast.com, to get all the action guides to go along with the material that we talk about. And uh, we have a webinar coming up February 13th. It's called Come With Me If You Want to Live, and it's just kind of a lighthearted way of us deep diving into the, the mindset and the effort and the skill set that's going to take in 2024, we believe, for you to be able to absolutely thrive. So make sure that you sign up for that. Uh, today, we are going to be deep diving into and continuing to deep dive into some, some of those same topics. And I want just to remind you to go back to our last episode, which was demonstrate your value or work for free, which was the second part of, of us really starting to put together uh, the, the new landscape of real estate as it applies to the different lawsuits and different things that are happening. So uh, I encourage you to do that. Also, something really exciting for us here is that we are approaching our thousandth download. And so we're looking to get over that hump by uh, the end of February. So if you found value here, I'm just going to ask you to like, subscribe, and share with other people that you think would find value. That's massively beneficial to Jake and I. Speaking of Jake, the man, the myth, the legend, the co-host of the RMG Agent Podcast, Jake Bartlett. Hey, guys excited for this episode uh we are going to do an episode called this is the way value delivered and as we started going through the topic and being able to come up with this episode one of the things that really stood out was that that this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do a podcast was so that we could have a platform to be able to reach those agents that are maybe going through um their first shifting market or their first you know of the you know, what we call it, the 56th end of, world, ends yeah. of the world, um, you know, having a place to be able to reach and giving, get some guidance on all of those things. So as we discovered, uh, you know, this model, we came up with the trusted guide or the Sherpa. Yeah. So as it, it relates to your client, how are we acting as the trusted guide or the Sherpa? Yeah. So, when when we look at what we do as real estate professionals, we we ultimately are at our best. We're a trusted guide, mm -hmm. and you're going to hear things this year that that really are important. And those those things are going to be around the word value, right? So you're going to hear the word uh, know your or the phrase know your value. You're going to hear uh, people say, um, you know, be able to articulate your value. And, and we like uh, deliver on value as, as a conversation, because I, I think knowing your value is important because that speaks to mindset, mm -hmm. right? Uh, being able to articulate your value. I'm just, I, I'm less inclined to think that that's really, really important, although it is, because I think that being able to demonstrate and deliver the value kind of, it, it wraps that up. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go down this road of, of kind of having this conversation with the agents that are, that are listening or watching that we want you this year to uh, really pay attention to how effective you are at delivering your value. And so this idea of a trusted guide is everywhere, everywhere around us, right? And so uh, for the sake of contrast, we, we think of this idea of a Sherpa, 
right? So we have all of these famous explorers that have climbed Everest. And every year there's more people that go up and there's more people who, who make it and some that don't. But behind the scenes, there are hundreds of people that have actually done that many, many, many times. And they're Sherpas. They're, mm-hmm. they're the trusted guy. They're the people that are paid to be able to get somebody to their goal uh, and, and do it safely, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really what we do as real estate professionals is we, at our best, are a trusted guide. And so we talked in our last episode about the, this new skill. It's not new to our industry. It's new to parts of our industry, specifically working with buyers, mm-hmm. right? And that is being able to close for compensation, to be able to demonstrate enough value that when you ask somebody to pay you for that value, they say, yes, you're my trusted guide. You're my Sherpa. Uh, absolutely, this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, as agents, you know, I know in the beginning of my career, I might have thought the buyers couldn't accomplish it without me, mm-hmm. right? Like that buyers couldn't find their way through the transaction and find forms and do all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm here to tell you that buyers can buy without us. Sure. Yeah. And having us as a guide makes it easier and hopefully saves them saves them some of that time and some of that pressure and and really they can lean on you like. If I ever tried to climb Everest, which I wouldn't, you'd be much more likely to try than I ever would. Um, but I would lean on that trusted source. Yeah, and that's the the idea, right? So we, we rewind into real estate history. Uh, I when I started real estate, we were the gatekeepers of everything, and we talked about that in a previous episode where nobody had access to the inventory, nobody had access to anybody. You had to go through a real estate agent, and uh, real estate agents lost their mind for uh, a couple of years there when they thought, "Oh my gosh, like my value just went away." Well, that's that's not true. Part of the value was the fact that you had. Uh, exclusive access to, to everything. But what happened was there were uh, there were lots of really great agents that started realizing, no, I'm this trusted guide. I'm this, this indispensable part. And I'm not indispensable because people can't do this without me. It's that the vast majority of people understand that there is a massive value to having a valuable and trusted guide. And I think that one of the hard things to hear that we're going to say in this podcast is just because you're licensed doesn't make you a trusted guide, doesn't make you a valuable asset to uh, the transaction or to that person's goals. And, and that's something that should be empowering because you can change that, right? It's on you. I would also hes- uh, hesitantly tell you that you better get good at a lot of portions of the transaction and and all of that stuff. Because if your only value is one singular thing, like I'm a really good negotiator, but I don't do anything else well, like, or I'm really good at opening doors and showing the house, but I'm not a good negotiator and I can't facilitate the transaction. Like you're probably not actually a trusted guide. You're just a negotiator or you're just a door opener. And I think as we move forward, this is going, you're going to end up getting paid for just that portion of it, right? It's entirely possible that that, that happens, right? So, so our goal in this podcast uh, is to help agents not just be able to sell somebody that there might be value, but, but to actually build value and to be able to demonstrate that value. There, there, there's nothing like having somebody who says, here, take my money, because it was so clear and so evident that you brought value to the table. So in, in thinking about that, it's, it's one thing to just to say, hey, deliver value, but we want to break this down and, and we want to break it down into some parts that we think are going to be helpful for agents that who want to build their skill set 
and to grow their mindset to be able to really um, do something tactical about it. So demonstrate and deliver. I love the idea of those two things, right? Like one of them is a promise and one of them is the action of fulfilling that promise. Yes. Right. So those those two go in, 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 in together. Uh, what is our model for the trusted guide. So our model, of course, is a triangle. Yes. Uh, and and you mentioned earlier, like, you know, we, we think in threes and, and triangles because... Because we're not sociopaths. That's right. So... Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's our that's our reasoning. Yes. Uh, okay. So beyond just not being sociopaths, we just think it's a really good way to to model a lot of things. Is uh, is just three is is a really easy number for the brain to work with. So there's three areas that we think are are um, inside of our ability to grow and to strengthen to be able to actually demonstrate value. And that is the first one. If we look at this as a triangle, the first two are the base, and then the third one's the top of the triangle. And that is we have the ability to demonstrate straight knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right? And we have the ability to grow in our knowledge. So so that's awesome. The second one is access. Access really means our access to the things that we're still gatekeepers of. We are gatekeepers of all of the relationships that we've built for all of the years that really really uh, increase the value to our buyer or our seller. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, the reason this is at the top is application. So everything that we know and all of the access that we have has to be applied to the specific client in their specific situation with skill, with skill and care. And if we can do that, we can over and over and over again deliver value. If we have the knowledge, we have the access, and we apply it correctly to their situation, uh, you wake up tomorrow excited because the whole real estate world for you, not for the whole industry, but for you, is uh, is a playground that you get to go and take territory on. I love these three things because they are three things that you can continuously work on and get better. You can get you can get more knowledge. You can you can gain more arrows in your access quiver, sure. right? Like you can gain more um, contractors, you can gain more lenders that specialize in different things so that each time you come up with a new client, you've got more, uh, yeah. more people or more access. And then you can get better through the finite parts of a transaction. You can you can hone those skills. So I, I love this application or this model. Uh, what, is there any any piece of this that you think most agents are lacking in? So I, I think that um, I think the application a lot of times it, it actually it depends it depends on where you're at in your career. So if you're early on in your career, you have a heavy lift. You don't have as much knowledge as you will. Your access, depending on if this is a second or third career or if it's your first real career, you might not have as much access as other people do right now. And then ultimately everything comes down to application. So uh, I've seen uh, I've I've done this. I've been a, you know I've been in a place where what the client needs. I have all the knowledge they need, I have all the access they need, and I do a poor job uh, applying it to their situation, maybe because I didn't listen well, maybe because I didn't do a really great needs analysis. Uh, but, but all three of these things are going to show up differently for, uh, for the need to work on at the agent level and for the, um, the way it needs to be applied to a specific client's circumstance. So we're going we're gonna to jump into the first one of these and, and define... And give you some ideas on it. So when we talk about knowledge, yes, what is the areas of knowledge that we have as uh, 
part of our guide, you know, guidebook for our clients. Yeah. So, so there's that old adage is probably overused and that is nobody knows how much you care and how much you know until they know how much you care. That's application. Mm -hmm. It actually doesn't matter how much you know. Yes. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So, so there's four different areas that I think that, that are important for us to isolate and say, these are areas that we can grow in. The first one is actually client knowledge. And it's something that's easy to overlook, but there is there are a lot of resources out there, almost all of them free, to be able to get to know the vast majority of your clients, if they're not from your sphere of influence, before they step foot in your, in your door for a consultation. And knowing and understanding who somebody is, at least at a cursory level, is a massive value to be able to ask the right questions to be able to demonstrate the knowledge that you're going to need. So if you have somebody, let's say you're working with a client and they're an economist, um, are you really going to bring to the table your uh, your market knowledge at a high high level? Well, maybe, but but there's you know just knowing that going in, you're 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 going to have maybe a different approach with that person. If you if you know somebody who is um, you know from from their social media or whatever it is, or even just from the conversation you're gleaning from the, the knowledge of this client that this person is get to the point they don't want to know what you know, they want to know that you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to approach that client differently than somebody who might be an engineer. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing we have to do, and this is kind of real estate 101, is we have to be able to build rapport with somebody. And I say this, you know, for for people who are outside of our our network or outside of our sphere of influence, but I actually think that this is one of the most dangerous things that we can do inside of our network is because you and I hang out, maybe we golf once a month together. And so you start asking me about helping you sell your house. Instantly, I assume all kinds of things that are actually not true. I assume I understand the conversations you're having at the family level. I, I assume that I understand the dynamics of uh, your your wife's mother who's now living with you or whatever that situation is. And it's just a real dangerous place to be assuming that you have client knowledge. So do the extra work to gain specific knowledge of your client. Yeah, you better you better treat those people. Ask better questions with the ones that are closest to you because the assumptions that you make will kill transactions or kill relationships. Right? Yeah. Like those those are are two hard things. Uh, one of the things that that helped me through the client knowledge aspect of my service as a, as an agent uh, was getting better at you know. Uh, understanding personalities and how people like to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's not the best, but the disc profile is a good way to to understand or at least be able to put people in certain categories so you can interact with them. And the way that uh, I was best able to do that was understanding the fears of each personality style. When you understand their fears, then you can can operate not in the way that is going to give them their biggest fear, which helps them be at ease with you and then helps you be uh, part of their trusted guide. Everybody delivers information, delivers love, delivers care, all of those things differently. And and, uh, as sales professionals, if one of the foundations for us delivering value is, is knowledge, one of those things has to be knowledge of the client. And if I start there with my knowledge base, what I'm actually doing is I'm building a reason, uh, or I'm building a framework for all the other knowledge that I have to have relevance. Mm -hmm. Because all the other knowledge I have without the client knowledge attached to it uh, becomes uh, irrelevant, arrogant, um, you know, just just noise, potentially. Yep. The next uh, knowledge source that you can become, um, you know, 
even more knowledgeable about is location knowledge. Yeah. So, okay. So, so we have the, the four are, we, we have, we have client knowledge, we have location knowledge, mm -hmm. we have market knowledge, and then we have inventory knowledge. Mm -hmm. We have those four things. So when we talk about location knowledge, it's, it's one of those things that if I, if I have a client who is maybe a more seasoned buyer or seller, they've done this a handful of times. The thing is, is like, they've only gone up Everest three or four times. That's not the same as somebody who's gone up a hundred times. And, um, and that's okay. So they, but they do have some basic knowledge. If if I am a master of understanding the locations that I service, I'm going to have access to specific knowledge that really is going to put them at ease and is going to help them. So that can be uh, that can be knowing uh, an area of town who that their wells have um, a high level of arsenic, mm -hmm. right? Another area of town staying on wells. Uh, this area of town, there's a good chance if you're developing, <clears throat> you know, this piece of property that you could you could have to drill 600 feet to get to well are you prepared to pay that extra expense so uh, when i when i worked in alaska a lot we would have areas of town that could that had to have a special septic system and even a special septic system could fail but somebody who was selling the, that specialized septic system wouldn't tell you that it's a special knowledge piece that the agent would know and so the list goes on and on of all these different things that we bring to the table of understanding neighborhoods understanding uh sometimes to to a basic level the soil the engineering the the um, you know who the builders were like all of the different things that that have to to do with that so uh, i think about uh, our house that that i have it was on a development that was started on a river and there's a 50-year history here of this particular property and lots and lots and lots of different things that have happened that all have led to the things you can and can't do and so when i was buying this piece of property under getting you know finding the people and having an agent that understood uh, some of those nuances was really really valuable the thing with the location knowledge that I think of is uh, understanding why people want to be in certain neighborhoods, right? Or certain yes. locations, right? What's the draw to those specific areas, which also kind of goes back to the client knowledge as you start to gain gain an understanding of who they are and they want to be in certain locations. Like you can understand their draw to those things, which helps right. you buy into their search, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, some neighborhoods uh, are very community-minded. Some are very, very autonomous, right, just with the way that they function. And having an understanding of that, uh, when I have the ability to, to get to know my client, then when we start talking about locations, if I can speak specifically to, the, to their search, and it's not stuff that they can just grab and read, right? It's not stuff that's posted in the MLS. I am now demonstrating value. I did that recently with a client where they were talking about certain neighborhoods that were there were important to them. And I asked the question of walking neighborhoods, right? Like sure. this is a walking neighborhood. Do you want to be in, in, in close proximity to places that you can walk? And her answer was yes. Like I have a dog and I like to walk my dog at night. Like understanding the locations that she was searching in and what yeah. a lot of people are drawn to for those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So our next one is going to be market knowledge. Yes. So market knowledge uh, is, is something that some agents are, are going to be very, very good. And there's going to be kind of a, um, a, a bent towards being an economist and other agents are, are not naturally wired that way. And they might even be intimidated by this idea, but it's okay. There's enough resources out there. Your job is actually to have resources when it comes to market knowledge and to have an understanding of the different layers of the market, like we had talked about in an earlier episode. And that is that at a, at a, a world level, 
and a nation level and a regional level all the way down to that specific house, there are different layers of knowledge that need to be known. At, at a national level, uh, as a real estate professional, you don't have to be somebody who can explain how the uh, you know, last year's GDP impacts the Northwest region. Okay, you should probably have read a few articles about it, right? That like that's just a reasonable, reasonable thing to do because you are you are working in one of the major economic forces inside of our country, which is residential real estate. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a big, big part of our economy. So so uh, if if that intimidates you, just understand that the the closer you get to the target, which is the house, the more you really should understand. So you should understand on at least a weekly basis what are the market dynamics that are happening. So market knowledge has to do with the real estate market itself. It has to do with a competitive landscape when it comes to uh, you know different i buyers and people that are competing over the space, and it also has to do with the lending industry. And so this is something that you you can lever out by you know weekly or every couple times a week reaching out to your preferred lender and saying, hey, educate me. What's happening this week? I don't understand that. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. And your job is to be able to bridge the gap between what a client asks and the handoff to the professional if you're if you're uncomfortable. However, you need to be comfortable with understanding the market dynamics enough to be able to speak intelligently to their client needs. So being able to decipher um, different loan programs that are sent out there, your lenders got different things running out, like understanding your client knowledge or your client needs, and when a new loan program rolls out, mm-hmm. that, hey, this fits three people that have been waiting for this same exact thing. I'm going to reach out to all three of those people. Yes. Nobody in the transaction or nobody in your your database is paying attention to the potential client needs to the level that you should be. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. There's, you know, you have, you have, let's say, you have 500 people and they're sitting there and all of a sudden a new loan program comes out that's zero down or it's some special tax incentive or, or fill in the blank. You go back and your ability to match that up with your client knowledge. So here's a market knowledge item. Here's a client knowledge item. Now I actually just made a deal. I I didn't find a deal. I created a deal. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. Our last one is inventory knowledge. Inventory knowledge. So back in the day, one of the things that we would uh, <laughs> that that we were taught is something to the effect of, "Hey, if if you don't have anybody else to call and you don't have anybody to service, you should be out previewing homes." Mm-hmm. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, just thinking about this, I thought, "When did that actually go away as a best practice?" It probably went away with there there is no inventory, right? You tell you know you rewind two three years ago, and it's like, "Hey, go preview the inventory," and somebody would say, "Like <laughs> there is none. Yeah, like, there's nothing to look at." That's not the case anymore, at least in every location. It's not the case in every price point. And one of the things that I think is a powerful, powerful uh, thing that you get to deliver and then apply, which we'll talk to in a couple, talk about in a couple weeks, is when you're the person who has specific knowledge of specific homes. There, there's a lot of video tours out there, and photography over the last 20 years has become excellent. And you do get a sense that I, I understand this property, but that's that's not true. 
Like when you drive into a neighborhood, you preview a property, you see things and you get some texture to what other people can't. And when you're sitting in a consultation with a buyer, or for that matter, you're sitting in a consultation with a seller and you have previewed a bunch of the competing listings or the listings that have just sold because now you've been previewing houses for six months consistently, you can speak very, very intelligently about your knowledge of the neighborhood. I would equate it to uh, who's ever, you know, car shopped, right? You find the perfect car online. It looks amazing. And then, you know, it's five grand undervalued and you go to check it out and you walk up. And as you're walking up, the the car salesman tells you, actually, you know, we just sprayed it for smoke smell. It should be fine by now, right? Like it smells smoke. That's what previewing does, right? Like the agents only show you pictures. Well, at least they should. There's some crazy pictures out there that I've seen, but they they typically only show you pictures that they want you to see. Oh yeah, that's right. Right, they're marketing and, the home. Right. So when you uh, when you get that texture, I love that. Uh, you get the, you get to understand a deeper knowledge of the home, and as you build that relationship with that client and you demonstrate your value to them, you tell them, "Hey, I previewed this house for you. It's not going to work for this reason or this reason." That's right. You made the first time they may tell you, "I still want to see it." Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're correct and understanding and you tell them that, they, they believe you after that. And so next time you preview a home, then you don't have to, you, you get to tell them that and then you don't have to show it to them again, right? They start to they start to see your value and the time that you're saving them. I think previewing went out for me about five years ago. It was a big portion. I previewed almost all the homes and it was, it, it was inventory driven. When yes. inventory went away, you could no longer preview, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you didn't have the ability to schedule an appointment and go look at it yourself and then come get your client back in the next day to look at it. The house was already sold. Yes. So that's when the, the previewing went away. But if you, if you truly do want to demonstrate value to your clients, it's, a, it's a, a great way of showing it to them is you're willing to take your time instead of theirs. Yeah, absolutely. It, and the thing is, all of, these, all of these knowledge disciplines compound over time. So if you're brand new and you're listening to the podcast, like you now need to go get some concept of the inventory. If you've been doing this for 10 years and you've been doing it at a really high level, you probably preview 150 to 200 homes a year just in being active in your in your business so so this just comes naturally what you what you've built is uh, an inventory knowledge but you may not have thought of it that way and on the listing side you just deliver that value because you've learned to close for compensation because that's the only way you make money uh, on the listing side of our business Mm -hmm. but now for anybody and everybody who also or exclusively works buyers now all of these things uh, you know your inventory knowledge is not going to be the thing every time that that causes somebody to say, yes, I will pay you as my trusted guide. But when we start layering all of the areas of our knowledge, we'll talk about next week, all of the areas of our access. And then the following week, all of the areas uh, that we have the ability to apply that to the specific client. Now, all of a sudden we, we get better, all of these things. And now uh, you're getting paid and, and you should be because you're, mm-hmm. you're a valuable resource to your client. At the end of the day, if you've done a great job, they're asking you where they sign, right? Opposed yes. to you asking them, but you do have to ask. Well, hopefully it's had an impact on you empowers you in your real estate career and encourages you throughout this year. Read 
what do you think about this episode? I think it's great. I think that if you uh, if you decide that you're going to go and be intentional about your calendaring around building these areas of knowledge, this is going to be a step for for you to protect yourself against changes in our industry uh, and to really, really set yourself apart from the pack, which is ultimately what we want for the people who listen to this podcast. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care.